Hi, everyone. Welcome to In the Can with Carmela Camp. Today, we have a very special episode and two very special guests. Our episode is the culture war on gender issues in America. Today, we have uh, Ryan from New York City and Jeremiah from California. I'm going to start with Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah, I know you appeared on our last episode where you were off camera, and today you're on camera. Um, could you elaborate why you decided to come back on camera this time? Yeah, you know, I was originally so scared um, when the first episode was going to happen, and I didn't want to experience consequences that I think I was actually drumming up in my own head. Um, I feel it's important to be able to um, speak your truth, say how you feel on things, um, be respectful and diplomatic. And as long as I'm doing that, I have nothing that I should be afraid about. Um, so, and you know, if I ever have children, I wanna tell them, don't be afraid to speak your voice. So I have to lead by example. Okay. Um, well, thank you for coming on again. Um, thank you for having me. Congratulations, Jeremiah. That's a big step. <laughs> thank you. So I'm going to get right into the topic. I'm going to ask uh, a question and both of you are going to have an opportunity uh, to talk about it. Uh, just to be clear, uh, Jeremiah, you're Republican, correct? You identify as Republican? Yes, correct. And um, Ryan, you're an independent, correct? Independent, yes. So my first question I'm going to start with, I know there's been um, a culture war going on between Democrats and Republicans, specifically on transgender issues. And one of the issues is transgender women in women's sports. Um, you know, it's kind of being debated and kind of um, it's a conversation we're having as an American culture. Um, Ryan, what are your thoughts when we talk about transgender women in women's sports? Well, first, I just wanted to call out, I have uh, Minneapolis as my background because they were actually the first city in the United States in 1975 to pass protections for uh, transgender people as well as LGBTQ people. Um, so shout out to them for being ahead of the pack. Um, in terms of trans women competing in sports, I'm conflicted on it because, first of all, there's obvious like real issues with um, body. Uh, I mean, certain bodies that are born a certain sex have advantages than others, right? More muscle mass, uh, more capabilities to uh, to sprint versus uh, long term running, um, the ability to to pull harder, swim faster because they have those muscle mass buildups. Um, so I don't know what the answer is. I think that just completely, uh, ignoring that does sort of lend credence to the argument that it's unfair. Um, but I also don't think that you should prohibit people from playing in sports because of their gender identity. I think, uh, perhaps there's a solution that's just not being considered. Maybe it's creating a category for, uh, you know, people who don't fit into those buckets and letting them compete like that. Um, I don't know what the full answer is yet. 
So you think maybe transgender people should have their own lane, so to speak. Awesome. Um, okay. not, not in like a separate but equal kind of way, but um, just in a in a more, you know, if you have someone who has been building their body mass for six years and uh, decides that that uh, they want to compete as another gender now, and you know maybe that's that's probably a very small amount of individuals that something like that might occur in but it's still not fair to those who uh who have biological um biological uh pre what am i trying to say <laughs> hang-ups i guess that would prevent them from from competing at that same level so you do agree that um there is an element of biology that plays a role and uh, people who are born male, uh, cis male, have an advantage. Not necessarily an advantage. I mean, it depends on the sport, right? Like there are probably tennis players who could kick every man's hats, like look at Serena and Venus, right? Um, but I definitely think uh, to ignore that as a possibility is a little bit, I don't know, not thinking holistically about the situation. Got it. Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on uh, transgender people uh, in women's sports? You know, just matter of fact, I feel those with XX chromosomes should compete with those that have XX chromosomes. And those with XY chromosomes compete with other XY chromosomes. And it's not diminishing saying, you know, you're not allowed to compete with the gender you want to identify with. You're just going along like what uh, Ryan was talking about, things that are biologically unchangeable. Um, it's, I don't feel like it's excluding these um, athletes from participating by making them partake in the sport that their DNA um, equates with. I mean, I hear that, but like, you know, um, they present in a female way. So therefore they're going to stand out if they uh, compete in a male uh, competition. Um, how does that kind of work if like, you know, we take, you know, people who are trans women and then putting them on male sports, um, it's kind of like a trans woman going into a male bathroom when she presents a certain way. You know, that's one thing that you also have to keep into mind is um, once you start allowing things, where's that line going to be drawn? Um, I can't remember that athlete. I'm not a huge fan of the person, so I don't remember the name. Is it Leah Thomas? Leah Thomas, a swimmer on the University of Pennsylvania's women's swim team, has become the first openly transgender athlete to win a Division I NCAA championship. Yes. Is that the person? The um, it, yeah. An example of that is when Leah was competing in competitions, Leah wasn't placing so high at all whatsoever. Yet when Leah went ahead into the women's division, now, all of a sudden, Leah is being very successful in that. And Ryan had a very good point, is that 
you know, people are able to maybe build up their masks in a certain way. And hypothetically, what if that person says, well, now I have the muscle mass or I have the strength that a lot of my female um, competitors don't have. So now I can go ahead and compete against them and win um, all because I'm using to say I am now that opposite gender. So um, an important question too around this subject is, do you believe transgender women are real women? I believe that genetically there are only two genders. Um, I have nothing against the trans community at all whatsoever. Um, I knew this type of question was going to be asked. And I actually saw something that I think a lot of people don't realize is that the gay community actually outrightly says that there are only two specific genders. And you know how that is? The B and LGBT for bisexual. So when you're bisexual, you're attracted to either the male gender or the female gender. Um, so yes, I believe there's only two genders, um, two sexes, um, but people are allowed to go and change what they want to personally identify as. If they want to go and mentally say, I mentally feel like I'm this type of individu uh, individual, go ahead. Um, but no, I am 100% convicted that there are only two sexes. Well, How about I, you, Ryan? Ryan, do you believe that um, transgender women are real women? Well, I think that, first of all, we have to separate sex from gender because they're not the same thing. So uh, you have your male and female anatomy, right? But then you also have intersex people, which make up a small degree of the population. Um, but they do have... Uh, how to say this um private areas that could be one or the other or a combination of the two um this is not a new thing that has existed it has existed in entire documented history um the greeks called them hermaphrodites which is an offensive term used today um it happens across all of the biological spectrum you see it in animals and in creatures across the board so that's a different thing, I think, than gender, which is how you present and uh, what you identify at, the, the societal norms that are put against male, female, whatever, and what you align yourself to. Um, so you're playing with gender right now, being a, a drag queen, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm presenting in a, in a different gender, yeah. As a different gender, right? So there are people who uh, consider that a form of gender uh, gender identity. There are people who consider themselves non-binary, which don't really subscribe to either. Um, they may have facial hair and could be a woman. Um, there are plenty of women who don't choose to have their facial hair removed. Um, I mean, I, sorry, um, I kind of consider myself um, as a, uh, this as an artistic expression. I don't necessarily know if I'm, um, even though, yes, I am dressing up as a different gender. Um, for me, it's more of an artistic expression necessarily than gender so much. And that's, um, I think that you're, that's a beauty of free speech and the ability to express yourself how you choose. 
And may uh, I have rebuttal it. actually to what Ryan said if he's done with his thought? Sure. Uh, yeah, well, I uh, wasn't really done yet. Okay, but. so then go ahead because I don't want to be rude. So I thought you were done speaking. No, um, I, I lost my train of thought though. So go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Jeremiah, and then I'll move on and ask the next question. What I think is a very interesting point because Ryan was saying that um, I believe I am confusing sexes with gender. Um, it actually goes a lot deeper than that, um, deeper to our DNA. Our DNA can't change. Um, you can be emotional and say, I emotionally feel like I'm this person. But when you look at your DNA, unfortunately, it's not like that. So even if you go and get different surgeries and you feel like, okay, now I'm actually a woman or now I'm actually a man, on the scientific DNA level, they are not. I'm sorry, it's not to be rude, but so then, you can't change DNA. How do you quantify intersex people who have an XXY chromosome or uh, just one X chromosome? How do you how do you qualify that those people, Jeremiah? And with that, because they do technically have both of those chromosomes, that's when I feel like, yeah, go with what you feel more accustomed to. Um, who knows? What if those that um, are intersex feel like they have more testosterone mm -hmm. to where they do want to identify as a man? Um, or if they're intersex and because of that are given more estrogen and want to identify as a woman? then great, because on that DNA level, they can do both. But a man wanting to go and then say, I'm going to be a woman, unfortunately, DNA-wise, that's not possible. So you're proposing DNA mandatory DNA testing for everyone to assign gender? I can't go against what science is saying. So if you want to suggest doing tests like that, um, then you can go ahead and maybe come up with a plan that you could do to legislation. Like, I don't with, um, so I honestly don't care enough. I'm just giving my opinion that I feel um, you can only identify with what your DNA is. And intersex does have those different DNAs. Um, so in that case, if an intersex were to go and choose one of those genders, I wholeheartedly believe that they are the gender they identify with because their body has both of it. So I'm gonna just move on to the next question. Um, so one of the issues being debated and you know that's been controversial is um, our idea of changing the definition of women to be more inclusive for transgender women or uh, the definition of man. Um, I know a lot of very liberal women who um, really, also are having a problem with this and feel as though there should be another lane. Uh, some people who don't consider transgender women per se in the woman category. And for the last several centuries, we've always um, used the word woman or girl um, with sex on some level, um, you know, biological sex. When, you know, a woman went to the doctor and she's told she's pregnant and she's having a baby the doctor will say, oh, you're having a boy. And he's usually using the word boy based on the sex of the, the baby. Uh, so what are your thoughts, Ryan, um, on that? The fact that, you know, 
do we change the definition of woman to be inclusive? And I know that there's a lot of liberal women who are having a problem with this and don't and believe that transgender women should have their own lane and not be included in the definition of woman. I, uh, I don't really have an opinion on this because I'm not a woman, so I can't really, I can't really speak for them. I don't like to speak for them. I prefer to let them speak for themselves. Um, if women feel uncomfortable with that, um, I mean, that's per their prerogative. I can understand why someone would want to uh, fully identify so that they don't feel like an other. Um, you know, it's sort of similar to how LGBTQ people want equal rights. It's like, we don't want to be considered some other group that gets uh, the scraps and has to apply differently for things like marriage or a job or protections to ensure that um, you know, we're not discriminated against. So I can understand that, but I don't know. It's, it's tough because. But we also have another label. So like you have heterosexual and gay. So the yeah. gay differentiates us as different right there. Do you, are you saying that trans women want to be considered just women and not trans women? Yes, I do think that um, in gender affirming care, the process is to affirm trans women that they are women. And you could hear them in the background, these trans women uh, yelling, you know, trans women are real women and on and on and on, making fools of themselves. OK, um, and that's not good. It's, it's horrible for the trans for trans people in yeah. general. Yeah. It's horrible. It makes us look selfish. The Leah Thomas of the world, trans girls swimming, it makes, it's not good for trans people. It makes them look selfish, self-indulged. It's like all about me. It's not about all these other girls I'm beating. I don't even play in my uh, golf, uh, in my club's women's tournaments. They've asked me to play yeah. in the women's golf tournament. Oh, yeah. But I can outdrive them by 100 yards. <laughs> I haven't been on testosterone in, in, in eight years. And I can still hit the ball 280 yards. Um, the title of woman and the woman title is gender identity versus uh, gender for sex. Um, well, this, I think this could be solved by that sex versus gender delineation, like, because you could still have their sex be something else and then their gender be whatever they choose to express. Um, because not all trans women go undergo the the surgeries, right? They they don't necessarily have to go to that length to consider themselves to be women. So yeah. what what levels do we qualify it? Do we say only if you've had those surgeries can you be considered a real woman? Is it I mean, does that exclude women who can't have babies? Like if they don't have an a, a uterus to to reproduce, does that eliminate them? People who were born women? I don't know. It's it's super complex and it's I don't think it's black and white at all. I mean, um, Jeremiah, what are your thoughts? Should we uh, change what we know as the definition of woman to be inclusive of transgender women? Or you think that um, trans women should have their own lane and not be included in that? <laughs> I honestly think they should probably have their own lane. I'm sorry. It's not me trying to be, um, you know, showing hatred 
um, to a certain group, but I just can't shift my opinion when it comes down to the DNA. I'm sorry, according to the DNA, you are specifically this thing. So if they want to create their own category, great, but they will never be able to say at a DNA uh, level, I am this such and such. So um, that's just one thing my mind will not be able to be changed on. So you don't believe trans women are women? I don't believe they are biological women, no. So I, I live my life as a woman, but I'm not, I don't consider myself this, like, I am a woman now and on and on. No, I consider myself a trans person. Um, you know, I mean, and this is something that's, you know, being debated right now in this country. Um, you know, the idea of uh, gender as a construct is relatively new. And, um, you know, in the last decade or less, I say that, you know, we've had terms in the LGBTQ community of gender nonconforming or, um, uh, you know, uh, there's various genders one can identify. And these are still a relatively new concept um, that I think. I I sort of feel like other cultures have had non-binary gender expression in many forms. I mean, there's the two-spirit in the Native American community. There's many uh, Amazon tribes that have gender that is not so concrete as to what we make it. I think that our uh, inability to be flexible in it is relatively new. And um, I think there's been a movement to go a little bit I don't want to say like extreme, it's not extreme, but it's like very broad and uh, nuanced in delivering however many there are now. I think there's like over a hundred different terms that people use for gender identity. Don't quote me on that. I may be wrong. Um, But I think that academic pursuit of understanding it is relatively new. And uh, as a result, it's we get a lot more attention across the board because people typically have not understood the dynamics there. I mean, um, I'm just going to talk about my personal experience. I mean, when I was in uh, my undergrad degree uh, 20 years ago, um, you know, I took health class, I remember, and the idea of gender was based on sex, um, was male, female. Um, I recently went back for a master's degree and I took a diversity and inclusion class where now it's being taught that gender is based on the construct. Um, And so this is a new concept that has not been around. And um, I do think that some people are a little confused because there are people who still identify gender on sex. Like I said, a doctor will tell a pregnant woman if she's having a baby uh, whether it's a boy or girl, based on the sex she's having. not She doesn't say, well, you're having a cis boy, and we don't know what gender it's going to be when it grows up. So, um, you know, it's it's kind of a struggle, I think, that um, society's having. Uh, this is a conversation now where, I mean, you know, um, also some women are... Um, don't like some of the terms that are being used, uh, being called, you know, um, a birthing person. I, I've heard that term 
birthing person. Um, and some people are, you know, don't like that to be referred as a birthing person. They want it to be referred as a woman. Um, I mean, you what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's really that new though? Because I, I remember growing up and uh, I grew up in the South. So um, I remember terms like tomboy and pansy and, you know, things like that, that were sometimes used in derogatory ways or to, to ridicule, but essentially insinuating that a person didn't fall into your typical gender norms of male or female, right? So obviously not an academic approach and and more around bullying, but I think that that stemmed from people recognizing that there aren't concrete, you know, one way or the other. There are different nuances to both and some people don't fall into those buckets. And now we're in a place where people are choosing to self-identify and empower themselves to own it in a way that uh, does cause confusion, understandably, to many others who who don't sit within those, those uh, broad parameters. But I think that the, the blowback from it is largely being fanned and fueled by the political environment of, look here, look at this crazy blah, 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 blah. Let's go after them. Let's pass legislation towards them, even though they're less than 1% of 1% of 1% of the whole population. <clears throat> I think it's it's really just a, a larger, the, the larger crux of this is trying to pit all of us against each other to confuse us and not focus on the real issues that matter around our economy and our government completely being ineffective and unable to legislate in, in a way that actually benefits us and helps us all. I mean, what are your thoughts, uh, Jeremiah, on the idea that, um, you know, we're kind of trying to redefine what things mean and uh, coming up with um, terms that are more inclusive um, and, you know, when we talk about gender. Yeah. Um, you can't redefine DNA, but like what Ryan was saying, there are many cultures that um, do identify with different things, like the whole two-spirit. Um, but if you're going to start using that as an excuse to validify going against um, human DNA, defining what your DNA is telling you you are, what about those that are spiritually believing that their life is reincarnated here on Earth? Um, you know, I know someone and she claims in a past life, I was Marilyn Monroe. What's going to stop that person or other people um, that are so convicted that um, I was this person in a past life that they go around and start saying, I'm this individual. So are we going to now and accept all of these people um, to claim they're now this uh, reincarnated Marilyn Monroe. It's an outlandish, outlandish comparison because the whole topic is so ridiculous. Like it's, it's unfathomable to me, honestly. So, um, just back to what I said. I don't know. I just can't get past the whole DNA thing. I mean, you know, and and a lot, and some people cannot. Um, a lot of people do. Um, 
think of gender as sex and don't think of it as a separate um, identity. Uh, you know, um, one of the founders of gender as a construct is John Mooney, and he kind of coined gender role. And I agree that there are roles that we play in society according to gender. And, you know, there's various roles we play as norms. There's roles we play as workers. There's roles we play as family members. There's roles we play in gender. So, you know, that's just a little bit of social science. And that, um, but, you know, right now there's terms being used like indoctrination um, in universities and organizations and uh, schools that are now starting to teach that gender is part of one can identify in various genders and that there's more than one gender. Um, you know, it's a big issue for a lot of parents um, and people who work for a certain organization who, who don't, you know, this kind of goes against their belief system that there's only two genders. Um, what are your thoughts, Ryan? I mean, do you believe that there's more than one gender, two genders? And, and uh, uh, what are your thoughts about now organizations and universities and schools teaching this new gender as a construct? Yes, I do believe that there are multiple genders. I've seen many people who express characteristics of of one or the other or multiple that don't necessarily fall into a bucket. Um, but then also I want to go back to the like sex piece though. The the DNA point that Jeremiah is making is is a little bit erroneous because there are actual markers that uh affect the physical presentation. I mean when you're looking at a uh, a DNA chromosome, the uh, the hormone which determines development of male parts, um, if it isn't present, uh, then you could have an XY presenting as an XX female, right? So, and then you have the intersex piece which could could alter that as well. So it's not so concrete or clear cut there. Um, but in terms of gender roles and and recognition, I mean, currently there's almost a hundred different ones uh, which are categorized and uh, analyzed by the um, the academic community. And as far as teaching that, um, I don't see anything wrong with teaching people about what exists in this world. Um, you're obviously welcome to believe what you do or don't want to believe. But the fact is that uh, we teach people a lot of things, right? There, there are schools that teach religion, um, that Mary had a baby without having intercourse, and that child was the son of God. I mean, like, how preposterous is well, that? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, was I, don't mean, I don't mean to interrupt you, but, you know, yes, there are schools who teach that, but usually a parent is making a choice to send their school, their child to a religious school that is teaching religious doctrine. Right. Um, when I'm sending my child to a public school, I don't necessarily have the choice of the curriculum. And if I don't believe in gender as a construct, and this is being taught to my child, um, where does that kind of play a role? Because, um, you know, from my answer, I mean, how old do you think someone should be exposed to this theory of gender as a construct? 
I'm not aware of public schools like requiring that um, in any instances. I think in my experience, when I went to a public school, they uh, made us have our parents sign a permission slip for sex education, which wasn't taught until I believe I was 15 or 16, um, which is probably too late, honestly. I knew kids that were having sex when they were 11 and 12. Um, but I would love to see the statistics around how often that is taught in schools, because I imagine it's extremely minimal, if almost non-existent. Um, that's just not typically something that people teach as a part of core curriculum. Um, I mean, I don't know. I believe from, and again, I don't have a child who's in, registered in school, but from what I've seen in the media, uh, it's my understanding that this is being taught, um, you know, in grammar school, gender as a construct. I have a friend of mine who has a nine-year-old daughter, and uh, one of the things the teacher asked her was what gender she identified with. What's occurring in the schools right now is, is inappropriate. It's inappropriate um, to tell a child that they can make a decision about um, changing their gender. Um, that is something a child has no capability of making an informed and, and uh, intelligent decision about. And I know that the mother was not happy um, that the teacher asked the daughter this. And, um, you know, so this is happening as early as eight and nine years old uh, in third, fourth grade. Um, you know, Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on that? Should gender as a construct be taught in public education? And what age, if it is taught, should it start at? Oh, this angers me so much because of how against I am with what's happening in society and our educational system to in the public schools. Um, things are just getting so out of hand to where, like you said, what that teacher um, was asking that child, what gender do you identify as? It's not the school's responsibility to go and um, try to help a student navigate through life what their gender is. That's the parent's job. The school of the uh, the job of the school is to make sure that they're receiving the proper academics in public school, the proper academics for English, history, math, science. Um, I know in my school we had like wood shops, so then you can learn some skills of doing things like that or home ec. Um, and like Ryan was saying, you had to get a permission slip for sex ed. Um, and my dad never signed that slip. Um, because he said, this is something that we are going to talk to you about at home because you are my child and I want to teach you what I want you to know. Um, of course, you know, very thoroughly and not giving that parental responsibility to the school. The schools are now acting like they can take on the role of being a parent and they can't. They're not the parent. Stick with the basic academics. Um, if you want to have um, a gender affirming classroom, um, or if you want to be able to have something like that, where you're grooming your child, the, you know, the school system grooming that child to possibly identify as a different gender, open up a private school that does stuff like that. 
So you can go ahead and send your kid to that private school to be groomed at a young age on that type of thing. But when it comes to the public school system, no, none of that should be taught at all of any age whatsoever. The school system is overstepping. Only the parents should be the ones that should be able to help guide their children um, if the children are asking certain questions. Um, you know, instead of using the teacher as a guidance, use the parents to help guide them. That's the job of the parents, not the teacher. Well, I have two comments to make. First of all, my friend, it wasn't, her daughter was not asked specifically. It was asked to everyone in the classroom. It wasn't like she was targeted per se. And that's even worse. Um, <laughs> but my second, you know, moving to uh, something you brought up that it's not the role of uh, the school to play parent. What if a child has a transphobic parent um, and that their safety net is in school environment? Um, what are your thoughts there? I mean, you know, uh, um, as LGBTQ people, I've met, I have several friends who've had homophobic parents when they came out 20, 30 years ago and um, whose parents, you know, shunned them uh, from their home and, and uh, had very had a lot of difficulties dealing with their uh, sexual orientation. And I'm sure that that also transfers over to uh, the transgender community and their parents who, um, you know, would have a hard time and, and uh, are not accepting. I mean, what are your thoughts, Jeremiah, on that? My thoughts are, I went through that myself with my sexuality. I, you know, unfortunately, parents aren't perfect. They are going to have parents that aren't supportive of things. I was born um, into the Jehovah's Witness religion. Um, I was never allowed to accept my sexual orientation. Um, and look at me. You're essentially saying that people are trying to groom children and become pedophiles by doing that, which is like horrific. Like the majority of pedophiles, if we want to go there down that route, are Republican conservative people who you're the one that actually brought oppressed. up the word pedophile. Excuse so me, I'm talking. Go ahead I think I think if you want to have a respectful conversation, you can shut your mouth and let me finish mine. Um, I think that the Republicans typically are the ones who are pedophiles who groom children for their own purposes and molest them. You can see it countless times where there are their their uh cases involving people who uh, pretended to be conservative, passing legislation against trans and gay people, and they ended up being the ones who were actually behind closed doors doing things that were inappropriate. So I think you should remove the term grooming from any educator who's trying to have a conversation and understand what children are going through and offer them resources to help them. So, um, you know, this is an interesting conversation because, I mean, right now we, um, there is a big debate about what the role of a public school is in terms of uh, people's kids and what should be part of a curriculum and not. Um, and, you know, there is, uh, and this is going on because I actually have friends who have kids who told me that they are being taught this in school. Um, and it's happening as early as, you know, third and fourth grade. So, um, and there are a lot of parents who are disturbed by this, um, who are not comfortable with their child that early being taught that 
gender is a construct. Um, you know, I don't know what the right age is, if it's high school, if it's college age. Um, I mean, if you had to choose an age, what would be your thoughts of what age do you think that this should be part of the curriculum? Right. I think I, I would say probably around the same age that sex ed is taught. Um, I think that letting kids explore what they want to explore in a harmless way. Like if a kid wants to wear a dress, let them, who cares? If they want to play with dolls, who cares? Um, I don't necessarily think that that's connected to sex, which is why I think a lot of them are are giving that option of understanding what, what they're doing. But um, I think that, yeah, I mean, if it's really that big of an issue for people to have a conversation around like, oh, if you want to wear pink, it's okay. doesn't matter. Um, and that offends them. I mean, maybe they need to look in the mirror about why it offends them. Um, because gender is not related to sex. I don't think. And Jeremiah, what are your thoughts? Should, um, what age, if gender as a construct were to be taught in school, do you think it would be appropriate? Um, you know, grammar school, high school, university, um, not taught at all? I actually all. have, yeah, I have two answers for that. Um, one of which is if it's in private school and the parents know that that's being taught and approve it being taught um, at any age, then fine, because that's private school. Uh, no age in public school, so I don't even up until senior year, I don't think anything like that should be taught in public school. Um, I think it should be taught in college because you're paying a tuition. Um, so you're an adult and um, because you're an adult, you're, you know, not having um, what I was getting to with uh, the schools taking the new role of being a parent you're now able to go and help make decisions for yourself. So if they wanna make it an elective course on gender identity in college and they wanna to try to get credits you know, for graduation, then sure. Um, but no, I don't feel any age in a public school should be taught that. Okay, so you think that it should be at the university level and it should be- Or a in a private school. Uh -huh. So either in a private school or an electoral class um, in college. Okay. So do you, do you think children should be allowed to express whatever, I don't know, clothing or hairstyles or... Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like children can express, you know, if they want to dress a certain way or have certain demeanors, sure, that's fine. I'm all for um, personal expression. This just goes deeper as to what the schools are doing. They're trying to take on the role of a parent. And that is not cool. I'm not saying that children um, of any age have to go and stick with the gender norms of what they want to play with, whether if it's a boy and they want to play with dolls or if he wants to wear pink or it can go on for on. Um, I believe every child, especially in a public school, if they want to do that, that's when, um, you know, the teachers, the principals make sure that that child isn't going to be bullied for expressing themselves in a way because the school should be a safe place for people to express themselves in any way as long as it's not hurting others um but it's an overstep to go and 
allow the teachers to teach things that is ultimately the responsibility of the parents. So one last question to wrap up this episode. And, um, you know, since we're on the subjects of schools, um, what are your thoughts on um, schools keeping um, a student's gender identity uh, away from their parents? Um, do you think that teachers have the right to make a decision on whether or not to tell a parent whether a child has come out to them as uh, feeling like they have a different gender? Um, Ryan, I want to start with you. Meaning if a child comes up to a teacher and says, I think I might be whatever. Yes, and if they say, you know, a boy comes up to a teacher and says he thinks he's a girl, um, you know, and the teacher, you know, the boy's not out to his parent yet. Should the teacher keep this from the parents and um, or does the teacher have an obligation to tell the parents? Well, I mean, it's it's complicated. It's not cut and dry because the fact is, is kids can be cruel. It could be a kid trying to make fun of other kids. Um, so is it actually like a legitimate, I'm struggling, I need help, um, and I'm coming to you because I trust you? Or is it they're playing a joke on someone and, and the the teacher finds out about it and and wants to discipline them by letting the parents know that this kid is bullying other kids. I don't know. Um, I think it's a little bit dicey to say that they automatically should tell the parents because there are situations where, uh, like you were discussing earlier, the parents are not supportive and wouldn't be supportive, could possibly kick them out, could possibly abuse them. Um, and you see that a lot in the trans community. A lot of trans kids have been rejected and and uh, kicked out of their house because of it. Um, so I, I don't know that, that telling the parents is the right approach out of the gate. Maybe, maybe it's sending them to the counselor to dig a little deeper and understand what's actually going on before they take that approach. Um, because most schools, I believe, have counseling departments um, at least they did when I was a kid. I don't know if that's been cut uh, lately. Um, but going right to the parents to tell them if a kid said something like that, I think is a little bit jumping the gun. Yeah, All I right. think you have a great point with that too, is I feel the teacher should go to the counselor probably um, because the counselor is trained in how to deal with that situation. Um, because if they became a counselor, they probably went to school, you know, to deal with psychology or whatever. I don't know what the credits are. So then they know how to delicately handle that situation with the parents. Um, because maybe the teacher wouldn't know the best way to word things um, that could set the parents off. Um, but I'm sure the guidance counselor would be able to know how to, um, without upsetting the parents in a calm way, uh, maybe have the parents come to the school for a meeting um, to let them know. I feel like parents should be informed of what's going on. Um, and the counselor, though, would find the most diplomatic way of being able to do so in a safe way. So, Jeremiah, I just want to be clear on your position. So do, do you think that the school has an obligation to tell the parent or it's OK for the teacher to make a judgment based on the situation? In public schools, um, parents need to have 
that automatic right of knowing everything that's going on with their child. Um, so I stand by what I say with um, the child can go to the guidance counselor, but now it's the role of the public school to then approach that parent in a delicate way. Um, of course, while making sure that the child is safe to have those discussions. So yes, parents should be informed of everything that's happening at school with their child. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to weigh in on my opinion and my experience. Um, I personally think that if safety is an issue, a teacher should be able to make a judgment to not tell the parent. Um, I had a very homophobic father and um, I was in a child abuse situation. And um, one of the places I found safety was at school. Uh, therefore, um, I did have a teacher who I confided in and, and uh, was kind of a mentor where I felt safe to discuss these things. And I did not have a supportive family um, and actually was in danger. And having had that experience, um, that being said, I don't think that teachers should allow kids to use pronouns and, and uh, dress without the parent knowing. I think that there's a fine line uh, to... Um, you know, creating a safe space for a child to have and not putting the child in danger than necessarily, um, you know, moving forward and allowing the child to be a uh, completely different gender at school without the parent knowing. I do think that that goes a little bit far. Um, but, you know, this is a conversation we're having as a, a American culture, so to speak. And, um, you know, it, it's complicated. It's not black and white and it, it has a lot of nuances. Um, well, gentlemen, I want to thank you again for being guests on In the Can with Carmela Can. Thank you again for joining uh, In the Can. Also, if you're on YouTube, feel free to subscribe to my channel, hit the subscribe button, and uh, look out for more podcast episodes. Thank you so much, and have a great day.